FM station, Saturdays and Sundays at 1500. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the March 7th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Let's tip off in Senegal, where Season 3 of the Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, begins on Saturday. In the opening game, local favorite A.S. Duanes of Senegal will host debutant ABC Fighters of Ivory Coast. The Fighters are led by the Australian Liz Mills, who last year was the head coach of the Moroccan team A.S. Saleh in the BAL. Coach Mills tells us the fighters have a good attitude as they prepare for Duanis. Well, our mindset in the next couple of days as we you know, build towards Senegal is really positive. We know we've put in the work to prepare and we've done everything we can do in order to be ready for game one on the 11th of March. And so for us, we know we've done all the on-court preparation off-court preparation such as scouting. I've got a great coaching staff who are looking after all the scouting as well. The players are doing everything possible on the court and off the court to be prepared. Preparation is our competitive advantage, so we're feeling very confident heading into our first game. A confident Liz Mills who says the fighters are focused on lifting the trophy. We're going into the BAL prepared to win it all. We're not going just to participate, we're going to compete. And our goal is, first and foremost, is to go and win our games in Senegal. The games in Senegal will be played at the Dakar Arena, and they'll be broadcast by the Voice of America on radio in five languages. English, French, Bambara, Portuguese, and Kenya, Rwanda. It's game time, Dakar, on the VOA. Season three of the Basketball Africa League is here. Starting off in Dakar from March 11th to March 21st for the Sahara Conference, then heading to Cairo from April 26th to May 6th for the Nile Conference, and the excitement continues to build in the finals in Kigali from May 21st to May 27th. Tune in and follow the BAL on The Voice of America. Sporty greetings. This is Masai Ujiri, the president of Toronto Raptors Basketball, president of Giants of Africa Foundation. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Masai Ujiri's Toronto Raptors were on the losing end Monday night in NBA action. The Raptors lost to the Denver Nuggets. The AP's Bruce Morton reports from Denver, Colorado. The Nuggets scored the game's final six points to defeat Toronto 118-113. Denver's Jamal Murray was game high with 24 points. Great win, all business, move on to the next. We did what we had to do, and um, I think that's part part reason why we're so successful. Just move on to the next game and take care of business. Yes, it's more of the same for the Western Conference leaders. They have now won 24 of their last 25 home games. The Nuggets' Nikola Jokic logged 17 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists to just miss his 11th consecutive triple-double at home. 
Bruce Morton, Denver. Thanks, Bruce. From Denver, let's go to Indianapolis, Indiana, where Cameroonian star Joel Embiid fired in 42 points to lead the Philadelphia 76ers to a 147-143 to victory over the Indiana Pacers. It's being described as a wild back-and-forth game in which there wasn't much defense played. Joel Embiid was excellent. He made 11 of 16 shots from the field. Joel also made all 19 of his free throw attempts. And it was Embiid's 11th game this season with 40 or more points. Teammate James Harden added 20 assists, 14 points, and 9 rebounds. It was Philadelphia's 42nd win of the season. The 76ers have 22 losses. The Pacers, meanwhile, have a losing record, 29 victories and 37 defeats. In Cleveland, Ohio, the Cleveland Cavaliers scored an overtime victory over the Boston Celtics, as we hear now from the AP's Mike Reeves. The Cavaliers overcome a 14-point fourth-quarter deficit to defeat the Celtics 118-114 in overtime in Cleveland. The Cavs were led by Donovan Mitchell, who nets 40 points while grabbing 11 rebounds. We're just trying to find ways to, you know, make winning plays defensively, offensively, um, and however that is, you know, just kind of finding ways to win the game. doesn't really matter how you go about it, just win the game at the end of the day. Jalen Brown scored 32 points for the Celtics, who have lost three straight. Boston played the game without Jason Tatum. I'm Mike Reeves. Thanks, Mike. Celtics head coach Joe Mazzulla says his team can learn from its third consecutive loss. Did a lot of good things for a long time after coming off a double overtime game, second night of a back-to-back, playing three and a half quarters really well, and then just not executing down a stretch. You have to go through those things. And so, to me, in order to experience success, you have to have failures. And so, um, I don't like losing. I hate losing, but I understand it. Understand this, sunny side of sports listeners. Joe Mazzulla and the Boston Celtics, even after three consecutive losses, well, they still have the NBA's third best record. The Milwaukee Bucks are leading the league. They have a record of 46 wins and 18 losses. The next best record is the Denver Nuggets, 46 wins and 19 losses. And the Celtics are third with 45 victories and 21 defeats. Sporty greetings. I'm Ogo Daudu, head coach of Rivers Hoopers Basketball Club of Otako. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, coach. Hello, this is Heidi Adams, host of Straight Talk Africa. Join me to explore what is now and what is next for African society, culture and politics. We'll go behind the headlines to analyze the news and emerging trends shaping Africa today. Straight Talk Africa, every Wednesday at 18.30 UTC. Brazilian football star Neymar will have season-ending surgery on his damaged right ankle and will be out for up to four months. Neymar's French club, Paris Saint-Germain, made the announcement. In a statement, PSG said, and I quote, Neymar Jr. has presented several episodes of instability of the right ankle in recent years. 
Following his last sprain on February 20th, the PSG medical staff recommended a ligament repair operation to avoid a major risk of recurrence. All the experts consulted have confirmed this necessity. Now, keep in mind, PSG is owned by a Qatari sports conglomerate. Neymar will be operated on in the coming days in Doha, Qatar. Neymar hasn't played for PSG since suffering his latest injury in a 4-3 French league win over Lille last month. The club has experienced a resurgence during Neymar's absence as Kylian Mbappe and Lionel Messi have stepped up. PSG will face Bayern Munich in Germany on Wednesday in the second leg of their UEFA Champions League round of 16 tie. Bayern leads 1-0. Senegal has a chance to add to its expanding football trophy case. The Senegalese are the reigning African men's champions at the senior level. They lifted their first African Cup of Nations title last year in Cameroon. Senegal followed that up by winning its inaugural African Nations Championship for home-based players in February in Algeria. And now the Senegalese are one victory away from their first Africa Under-20 Cup of Nations trophy. Senegal will play neighbor Gambia in Saturday's final at the Under-20 competition in Egypt. The Senegalese topped Tunisia Monday 3-0, while Gambia got an early goal from Adama Bojang to beat Nigeria 1-0. All four teams that advanced to the semifinals in Egypt, Senegal, Tunisia, Gambia, and Nigeria, qualified for the 2023 FIFA Under-20 World Cup, which will be hosted by Indonesia in May. VOA Africa is your trusted source for news, sports, entertainment, and music. Stay engaged with VOA Africa. We love to hear your voice. You can call us 24-7 on WhatsApp and leave a message. Leave comments, requests, or greetings. We may play your message on VOA Africa. Dial the international code PLUS1. Then, 202-258-3076. VOA Africa is always happy to hear your voice. The number again is the international code PLUS1. Then, 202-258-3076. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. You can follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook, Twitter, and at voaafrica.com. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. My Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. And if you go to voaafrica.com, you can listen online to the sunny side of sports 
and other VOA programs. So check out voaafrica.com. My VOA colleague Gwen Uten joins us now with an update on what looks like will be a multi-billion dollar sale of Manchester United Football Club. Sporty greetings, Gwen! Sporty greetings, Sonny. Manchester United's current owners are the six children of late American businessman Malcolm Glazer, who became the majority shareholder of the Premier League Giants in 2005. Last November, the Glazer family put United up for sale, drawing to a close a nearly two decades-long investment in one of the richest and most most widely supported clubs in football. The Glazers are reportedly seeking a world record selling price of at least $6 billion, and two confirmed offers are on the table, one from British billionaire Sir Jim Ratcliffe and the other made by Qatari banker Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad Thani. However, their initial bids have each fallen short of the $6 billion mark and the Man United takeover is now reportedly delayed until May. News of United's impending takeover is the latest example of English football as an increasingly lucrative business proposition for global investors. Last May, Chelsea were sold for $5.4 billion to American businessman Todd Bowley, and football finance expert Neil Joyce says that sale helped to set the bar even higher on the value of elite clubs. Football is big, big business from an investment standpoint. There's been traditional ownership that's been more ego-driven or family-driven over the years. Now, with all the investment that's come into the Premier League in the more recent futures, so the likes of PIF acquiring Newcastle, Todd Bowley and his consortium buying Chelsea, they kind of set the threshold for what football clubs are worth. You then look at the traditional valuations of the NBA franchises going for anything between three and a half billion to four billion in some cases. And the bar's been set in terms of value of sports teams and football teams in particular as brands. Joyce is the co-founder and CEO of the CLV Group, a data company that recently published a report that outlines how investing in football has become big business. The Glazers could generate a return of at least six times their investment in United. And Joyce says that gives the siblings plenty of incentive to sell the club. If you look at it from an investment perspective purely on this sort of thing, so traditionally private equity companies invest into businesses with the belief that they can generate anywhere between two times to four times return on capital. If you look at the example of where Manchester United is likely to be sold for, the Glazers are likely to generate anywhere between six to eight times return on their initial capital, even allowing for the interest payments, dividends, and also other shareholders involved there. So football is starting to show the benchmark about what could be possible. Manchester United have won a record 20 league titles, lifted three Champions League trophies, and remain one of the world's most popular and marketable football clubs. United have experienced a resurgence in the new campaign, and last month manager Eric Ten Hag told reporters he's not distracted by the prospect of a club takeover. His focus is on winning games. Of course, we are, we are committed, but we are focusing on football, on training, and our way of play, on games. Uh, and that is what we are focusing and We really enjoy it in the moment with, uh, in togetherness, and it's um, enjoyable to work 
and yeah, we are focusing on on games, and we are four leagues, so others in the clubs have, have uh, will have to take decisions, uh, give efforts in the process, but it's not up to us. In February, Man United lifted the Carabao Cup trophy and knocked Barcelona out of the Europa League. And they gained traction in the Premier League to climb to their current third place in the table. However, United's momentum in the league title challenge came to an abrupt halt over the weekend when they suffered a shocking 7-0 defeat at Liverpool, the club's biggest loss in Premier League history. Ten Hag's side are hoping to reset set ahead of their next league match against Southampton at Old Trafford on Sunday. And that is all for me, Sonny. Back over to you. Thanks, Gwen. That's my VOA colleague, Gwen Uten. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA, VOA's newsmaker interview program. Join us each Saturday and Sunday when we talk with authors, analysts, and policymakers who provide fresh insight on topics ranging from U.S. politics and foreign policy to science, culture, and global health. You can listen to Press Conference USA on the radio or online at voanews.com slash PCUSA. While you're visiting our website, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love to hear from you. Just send an email to PCUSA at VOANews.com or connect with us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Carol Castiel VOA or on Twitter at Carol Castiel VOA. That's Press Conference USA every Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. In mixed martial arts, the South African Bokeng Masanyane is hoping to get a world title shot soon in the strawweight division. In April 2022, the little giant as he's known on the international MMA circuit, suffered the first defeat of his career to Jared the Monkey God Brooks of the USA. It was an eliminator bout between the two top contenders, so Brooks got a shot at the title, not Masanyane. But as Darren Taylor tells us in this encore sunny side of sports presentation, the little giants far from done. Representing South Africa, introducing Uka, little giant Masunyane. Bokang Masunyane made his pro MMA debut fighting in the strawweight division in 2016. He won his first seven fights convincingly, earning praise for his dynamic, fiery style and high kicks, despite standing at just over five feet. The Little Giant's eighth fight in December 2019 saw him pitted against legendary MMA strawweight Rene Catalan of the Philippines. The pundits were in agreement that the little giant would struggle against the experience and power of Catalan. 
but the then 26-year-old South African rocketed to MMA fame just 37 seconds into the bout. Bokang says he wants to showcase some striking that he's been working on, and he's doing it right here. And striking with Rene Catalan could be a recipe for disaster because he carries huge power. A stunning flying head kick knocked the Filipino clean out. Soon afterwards, the COVID-19 pandemic brought the MMA circuit to a halt for more than a year. Masunyane's next major fight would be in April 2022 against fellow top contender for the world championship, American strawweight Jared Brooks. The little giant lost, but Brooks raised Masunyane's arm when confirmed as the victor, describing him as a true warrior. Masonyanes had to be exactly that since he was a child on the streets of Benoni, east of Johannesburg. I never knew my mother. I never knew my father. I ended up living in an orphanage from around the age of five. From then, I decided to actually join wrestling while I was in the orphanage. And I actually found a passion. Uh, it was one of my favorite things to do, you know. <laughs> it kept me from being naughty, you know. While the other kids were drinking, drugging, and at best, dribbling footballs, Masunyane was mastering wrestling holds with names like camel clutches and shoulder claws. He was trained by a Russian coach, Alibeg Vechidov, at Centurion Wrestling Club in Pretoria. Vechidov recognized Masunyane's talent and nurtured him, even arranging for a couple to adopt him. A stable, loving environment, plus rigorous training, allowed Masunyane's fledgling wrestling career to soar. When he was just 15, Vechidov put him up against 17- and 18-year-olds. He told any of those boys, you can never take this guy down, this guy will take you down. And I was obviously the smallest guy in the school. Yeah, so I wrestled with a few of those guys, and they just couldn't believe it. Like, oh, you're so little, and you're throwing us around. <laughs> One of the guys couldn't even believe it, so he came back for more. Like, no, it's impossible, then I'll throw him with something else. And he's like, no, no, let's go again, you know, and yeah. But no one at his club, or school, or in the country could beat him in his weight class. Vechidov nicknamed him Little Giant. My Russian coach was the one to, you know, to boost my confidence and the way he coached me and the way he worked with me. I always told myself I want to be a world champion while he's alive so I can show that part of his work has gotten me to where I am. In 2014, when he was 20, he was selected to wrestle for South Africa at the Commonwealth Games in Glasgow, Scotland. And then I came forth at the Commonwealth Games, and I still wanted to pursue my wrestling career. But um, in South Africa or in Africa in general, it's very hard to make a living out of wrestling or mostly Olympic sports. Masonyane decided to begin training as an MMA fighter with the aim of joining the international professional circuit to hopefully earn big paydays. He says he knew it would be difficult as the sport combines almost all disciplines of martial arts and he didn't know a single one. You have to put in at least three or more sessions a day. 
but not a lot of people are willing to do that. To be honest, when I also started in mixed martial arts, I didn't know how much training it will take. But all I knew is that I was going to try to stick to it because that's where I saw myself as a fighter. The little giant trained for two years before his debut MMA fight, winning the bout in the second round. He won his first six amateur bouts so convincingly that he was accepted into the South African pro ranks. Masunyane says his loss to Brooks hasn't erased those memories, and his contract with Asia's largest global sports media platform, Group One, proves that he's still one of the best MMA fighters. The goal mustn't change. I still want to become a world champion, and I'm very close to that goal. A few weeks ago, Brooks beat Joshua Pacheo of the Philippines to claim the world title in the strawweight division. Now, Masonyane aims to knock the monkey god out of his tree. He's currently competing against all comers on the South African and Japanese pro circuits, racking up the wins. For now, says the little giant, he'll bide his time, waiting for another chance at glory and to repay coach Fejidov. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. Around the clock, the Voice of America keeps you in touch with the latest news. Tune in at the top of every hour, every day of the week for the five-minute VOA newscast. We bring you reports from our correspondents and interviews with newsmakers from across the world. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the world. VOA, your trusted source for news and information. of the Basketball Africa League is here. Starting off in Dakar from March 11th to March 21st for the Sahara Conference, then heading to Cairo from April 26th to May 6th for the Nile Conference, and the excitement continues to build in the finals in Kigali from May 21st to May 27th. Tune in and follow the BAL on The Voice of America. In the opening BAL game on March 11th, A.S. Duanes of Senegal will host ABC Fighters of Ivory Coast. The Fighters, who are based in Abidjan, are one of five teams making their debut this season. The others are Al-Ali of Egypt, City Oilers of Uganda, Stad Malian of Mali, and Quara Falcons of Nigeria. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye, Falcon Secretary Aziz Bello said the team has been preparing in Abidjan. The team is in Abidjan. We are participating in a tournament to actually see how what we can adjust before the commencement date. And um, two of the teams that will be playing the BAL. They are also there so to help to put the players in good shape. And also, the, you know, we were part of the BL combine that was held in France where we signed three players at the combine. And uh, we also have some foreign players joining. So that is our preparation now from 
Abidjan, we are going to move straight to Dakar. Quara Falcons are in the Sahara Conference and they will play in Dakar. They will play against defending champion U.S. Monastery of Tunisia. They will play against Abidjan BC Fighters. They will also play Rwanda Energy Group and uh, AS Duanes of Senegal and Stad Malian of Mali. With all these names, can we say that they are big names and uh, how is Quara Falcons prepared to face these other teams or clubs in their group? Yeah, like you said, all these names you mentioned, they are big names. And um, to be honest, this is the first time Quara Falcons is going to be playing on the continent at the international stage. So the experience is not there for the club. But I would say that we are trying to make sure we do everything possible, at least to qualify from that group. That's Aziz Bello, secretary of Quara Falcons basketball team. The Falcons are based in Eloran, Quara State, Nigeria. And Aziz spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Abidjan. Ivory Coast. Sporty greetings. This is Aziz Bello, Secretary Kwarafako Basketball Club of Ilori Kwara State, Nigeria. You are listening to Sony Side of Sport on the Voice of America. And that wraps up the March 7th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. Sports.